from the studios of EWTN, this is Open Line. In North America, call toll-free 1-833-288-EWTN. That's 1-833-288-3986. Outside North America, call 1-205-271-2985. You can also text the letters EWTN to 55000 or send an email to openline at EWTN.com. Hey, Tremendous Friday to each and every one of you. Thanks so much for tuning in to EWTN's Open Line. We're giving our very own Vice President of Theology, Mr. Colin Donovan, the day off. And it worked out really nicely because he's on vacation, so he wouldn't have been here anyway. So it's really nice that we were able to come to you live from the 2022 Legatus Summit in beautiful Amelia Island, Florida. Beautiful but chilly Amelia Island, Florida with historic low temperatures to greet us, but we're not here primarily for the weather. We're primarily here to arm ourselves for the battle that we find ourselves engaged in. And um, we won't be probably taking your phone calls today, but we've got a great lineup for you. We're going to speak momentarily with the president of the goddess, Mr. Stephen Henley. Uh, in the second portion of the program, Dr. Carrie Gress, uh, who's going to talk to us a little bit about the theology of home, and then we'll wrap things up in the last half hour with our chairman and chief executive officer, Mr. Michael Warsaw, will join us uh, for a conversation from the Legata Summit here in Amelia Island, Florida. Uh, so, as I mentioned, joined by the uh, the president of Legatus, Mr. Stephen Henley. First of all, you've got 750 balls in the air, so thanks for giving us a few minutes here. I appreciate the opportunity. Thanks yeah. for having me, Jack. So, um, let's start with, before we get to you personally, let's start a little bit uh, about, it, it always amazes me because I'm... Uh, affiliated with the organization to a certain extent and I'm fairly familiar with the inner workings of the organization. So I sometimes lose perspective when I talk to people who maybe have never heard of Legatus. So sure. give us the little 50,000-foot view of, of Legatus. Sure. This year we celebrate our 35th anniversary. We were founded in 1987 by Tom Monahan, the founder of Domino's Pizza. And he was a member of an organization called YPO, uh, which is a secular organization for presidents and CEOs of companies. And at the age of 50, they kicked you out. So when he was exiting the organization, he thought, after, and this was after a visit with Pope John Paul II at a private mass, he had the inspiration, let's start an organization like that, but for Catholics. Uh, and so that's what he did. In 1987 in Ann Arbor, Michigan, uh, Legatus was formed. Legatus is Latin for the word ambassador, which, come from, which comes from the uh, Second Corinthians, where St. Paul calls us all to be ambassadors for Christ. So the sole purpose of Legatus is to study, live, and spread the Catholic faith in our personal, business, and professional lives. And it's catered to presidents, CEOs, managing partners of companies, and their spouses. So it's reinforcing uh, those that are married, uh, their marriage vows. Uh, and, and it's an opportunity for CEOs and presidents that often don't have that opportunity uh, to be a part of an organization that also uh, welcomes their spouse who accompanies them down this road. It's it's uh, not only tough being at the top, but when you've got your spouse who's who's dealing with uh, a lot of the the same issues you are just at the home front, um, you know, they need that support too. So it's about building that support system and, uh, and helping these members come together. So today we've got about 90 chapters across North America, about 5,000 members, and uh, we're uh, always eager to grow in new chapters and uh, and hopefully in the near future expand internationally. Beautiful. So you obviously did not wake up as the president of Legatus uh, International. How did you get to this point? 
Yeah, so uh, I'll give you the 30-second or try to keep it quick. Um, <laughs> well, we've got, a, we've got a few minutes here. Okay, so. Okay. Uh, so my wife and I went to Ave Marie University. Um, prior to Ave, I was in the Marine Corps uh, Reserve and um, was stationed at Naval Air Station Jacksonville, Florida. And uh, went down to Ave uh, to get my GI Bill. Unfortunately, it had only been there a year, and so I didn't actually qualify for the GI Bill. And so Tom Monahan started a scholarship for Marines, and I happened to be the only Marine there, so I was the recipient of it. <laughs> uh, after that, I, I actually started driving for him, and um, that's how our relationship grew. I graduated from Ave Maria and then continued working there and became the director of security. And then in 2013, Tom introduced me to Legatus. I started as a central regional director in Dallas, Texas. Um, we, I oversaw about 20 chapters and started uh, five new chapters in that area. And then in 2016, Tom uh, promoted me and asked me to uh, not only become president of the organization, but also move it from Ave Maria back to Ann Arbor, uh, since he wanted to play a more direct role in the growth of Legatus. And uh, that's how we have certainly gotten to where we are. We're visiting with Stephen Henley, the president of Legatus, from the 2022 Legatus Summit here in Amelia Island, Florida. So um, what are some of the things that one would see a local chapter involved in? And first of all, what would be the qualification for someone uh, to become a member of Legatus and, and, and find a local chapter? Sure. So there's four criteria. The first and foremost is the qualifying executive has to be a Catholic in good standing. Uh, second is that they are the president, CEO, managing director, or, or perhaps a vice president of a larger division. Uh, they have to oversee at least a million and a half in payroll and then eight million in revenue in that, in that business. Uh, we, have, we have big companies uh, uh, going down to small companies and nonprofits. Um, it's not necessarily about how much wealth a, per, a person could have. You could inherit, you know, $50 million from your family, but that doesn't qualify you for Legatus. Well, what, what we are looking for is proven leaders uh, who are also influencers. And if we can catechize them and actually help them learn more about their faith and live it in all aspects of their life, then we're going to really change the culture. And, and Tom personally feels it a, a bit of a, a sin of a mission that we haven't been able to do more in our culture and, and had Legatus been more effective early, earlier and, and been larger, then we wouldn't be facing the issues of culture and abortion and marriage and gender, and et cetera. And the list goes on. Uh, so, so you asked about the chapter level. Yeah. Uh, we have over 90 chapters, as I shared earlier, and each chapter is, is, operates the same. Uh, they meet monthly. Each chapter starts with a rosary, uh, confession, mass, cocktail reception, dinner, and a speaker. Um, and this is, it, it's, a lot of people refer to it as a, a date night, you know, if, if they're married, uh, some refer to it as a mini retreat, you know, and it's, it's kind of like a mini summit, you know, they come here to get rejuvenated, to get, come back to the basics and come back to the, the home of their faith, which are the sacraments. Um, and then listen to speakers, you know, ranging from your very own Raymond Arroyo, uh, George Weigel, you know, some great speakers down to just local people sharing about different apostolates. Uh, and that's, it, it's a, uh, a, a small door into a big world, uh, learning about a lot of these apostolates. And, and the unique thing with Legatus is we don't have any special projects. We don't solicit and we don't fundraise. So it's an opportunity for members to come and, and be on the receiving end. And, and, you know, they're always giving, you know, these, these business leaders, uh, are always supporting these um, capital campaigns and different things in dioceses, and this is an opportunity for them to sit back and be catechized and, and then learn about these apostolates and learn where they can fulfill their mission as uh, ambassadors for Christ, but also as missionary disciples. And even though they're part of a local chapter, sometimes we can feel isolated 
even in certain areas. So uh, at some point in time, the summit idea was uh, born to bring all the chapters together in one location, uh, you know, for the complete and total edification of the body of Christ and the, and the organization as well. Uh, when did the summits get started, and what's the, the overall concept uh, behind these events? Yeah, so Tom uh, actually took a... a um a card out of the playbook of YPO that, you know, as I shared earlier, he formed it after YPO. And YPO had these conferences every year, and that's exactly what he did. He wanted to have a conference where he brought together uh, these people from across the country, these members, to have this experience, uh, but to experience it over the course of the weekend. So uh, instead of it just being an evening event, it was a, you know, we start on a Thursday evening. Uh, we have our chaplains from various chapters come to can celebrate. We we invite various bishops, and it's just a beautiful thing to see. You know, five, six bishops, and even cardinals that we've had uh, can celebrate the mass, and then have you know we try to keep it to about five to five hundred fifty members to keep it. You know, we want to have it exciting and large, but we also want it to be intimate and uh, and not um, feel too convention style like. So, um, you know, the, the the whole weekend is just a great. Uh, you know, rejuvenator for our members. It's like a reunion for a lot of them. You got members coming from the East Coast, the West Coast, and it's just been a uh, beautiful experience uh, for our members. And, uh, you know, I've been involved in many of these, and uh, I remember your first one as the, the president of Legatus. And like much of our society, Legatus was not exempt from the ramifications of the COVID-19 protocols. Mm-hmm. And uh, the last couple events have been uh, less attended because of that very fact and we're sold out here at Amelia Mm -hmm. Island and I have to tell you it's very encouraging uh, and very uh, heartening to see a full room of people uh, who are here to push forward in this battle we have against uh, evil in our culture. Yeah, it sure feels good to be together, you know, and, and that's what we've been hearing from our members. Uh, you know, our chapters never fully closed down. You know, I, our chapters uh, varied in terms of where they were located and what the uh, restrictions were, but we try to continue having events as, as much as we could remotely or um, with people, and uh, the summit, like you said, is, is sold out, and uh, we're just really blessed to have a, a faithful membership and a membership that truly wants to, to come together and, uh, and again, uh, be missionary disciples. Awesome. Stephen, thanks so much for taking a few minutes with us. Thank you, Jeff. That's Stephen Henley, the president of Legatus here at the 2022 Legatus Summit in beautiful Amelia Island, Florida. It's EWTN's Open Line Friday. Uh, up next, Dr. Kerry Grass. We'll talk to uh, Michael Warsaw a little bit later. This is Open Line Friday on EWTN. This is Open Line on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Again, we won't be taking your phone calls today. Very special live broadcast of EWTN's Open Line Friday, live from the Legata Summit 2022 here in beautiful Amelia Island, Florida. You know, it's the Feast of St. Thomas Aquinas today, and we've got a beautiful piece at EWTN's Religious Catalog, the home of Holy Reminders, Mother Angelica felt so uh, strongly about. And uh, there's a beautiful packaged gift set that includes a three-and-a-half-inch resin figure of St. Thomas Aquinas with a matching holy card. And the box that it comes in gives a brief history of the saint and includes a prayer for his intercession. It's all available now at EWTN's Religious Catalog. That's EWTNRC.com. Free standard shipping right now on online orders of $75 or more. That's standard shipping in the continental U.S. only. Use the code FREE at checkout. Uh, it's a beautiful um, 
commemorative uh, statue celebrating the life and feast day of St. Thomas Aquinas available at EWTN's religious catalog. That's EWTNRC.com. We're very pleased to be joined by uh, someone I'm happy to call a, a personal friend, uh, Dr. Kerry Gress, one of the uh, featured speakers here at uh, the Legatus Summit. Um, she is well-educated, and I'll leave it at that. Uh, she's, she's a duck, if I'm not mistaken. I am, actually. Yeah. It yeah. yeah. doesn't so, come up very much, but yeah, I am. Yeah, yeah, she's an Oregon duck and uh, uh, received a uh, doctorate from the Catholic University of America. And the thing we want to talk to Carrie about today is she, she among many of the books that she's written, she co-authored a book uh, entitled Theology of Home. And um, listen... The evil one is no match for the God that we serve, but the evil one is not is for sure a formidable opponent. Uh, he has wisdom beyond ours, and if he's going to attack something and he's going to try to bring something down, he knows where to strike, and he is striking heavily at the family as he always has down through the centuries. And um, you know, talk a little bit about what your hopes were for writing the book and uh, and you know, how people can use it to strengthen their own families. Yeah, no, I think that's a great question, and you're exactly right. Um, femininity and the family have been, at, you know, the targets really for at least 50 years in our country. Um, so Theology of Home is really written with the intent of um, kind of recognizing how big the home industry is, but also recognizing that it's something that's very universal. Everybody has a home um, or can even, you know, the homeless imagine a home. It's, it's this very fundamental idea that I think we, is kind of universal. And so um, we just looked at the home and said, you know, what what's there that um, mimics our church and that we can share with others so that they can see how the church and the home are relevant together. And even the home itself, you know, it's it's meant to be a sanctuary. And women really, I think, press into that. They, they want beautiful homes, um, you know, and this is not just because of vanity. It's actually because I think God has put that desire in our hearts so that we see that it's really a desire for heaven. It's, it's a, the home is meant to be a foreshadowing of heaven. Um, so this book, it's, it's got really rich content about the home. Um, but it's also connected with, with our church and why these two things interact with one another. When you have a strong home, you know, your church is going to be stronger and vice versa, that the two, two work together. So our goal was really to, to put together a book with rich prose, but also this gorgeous pictures um, so that people are, are drawn in both by the, the prose as well as the, the beauty of the images. Um, a lot like coffee table books or other decor books that are being uh, produced by secular, secular women. And, you know, trying to use that, both of those avenues to, to really reach women in a new way. You know, we talk about the attack on the family and, and really to a large degree, I think you would agree with me that it's an attack on women. Mm -hmm. And uh, the lies are directed toward, you know, who woman is and who woman mm -hmm. is supposed to be. Um, when, you know, just yourself personally, when, when did things start to occur to you that sort of illuminated to you the, the shortcomings of our culture when it comes to the truth about authentic femininity? Mm -hmm. You know, I think I've known. I think I've had a sense of it for a long time. Um, but you know, it well, obviously, you are created in the image and likeness of God, after all. <laughs> there is that. Um, but I think it, it started becoming more and more starker when people couldn't really define what a woman is, and that's really the stage that we're at right now. And uh, so, I, yeah, absolutely. I think this is one of the things that the church 
can offer back to us is this deep understanding of what womanhood is and what human nature is and not what we're living with right now, which is very much a leftist effort um, to, to infiltrate communism and, and all of these ideas of Marx into the culture so that there's this genderless society. People just become sort of workers. Uh, this is what we saw in the Soviet Union. This is what we're seeing now is this er erasing of, of the genders. And that's, um, that was built into feminism from the start. And I think most people don't know that in my book, The Anti-Mary Exposed. I go to that in, in great depth, just showing how you know very early in the movement, this was something that was, was part of their original goal. And, you know, really one of the most beautiful things that we have in our toolbox for that's a poor analogy but but the the shining example of not only womanhood but really the shining example of humanhood is our lady huh yeah no absolutely and i think that's one of the pieces that um we have that we can help use for other women to understand what what womanhood is meant to be uh, and not in just a saccharine or one-dimensional way. I think that there's a lot of elements that our, our lady embodies that are related to the, the desires that women have of, you know, we want to do good um, and we want to be known and loved and we also want to be beautiful. I think this is another um, element that we sort of pass off as fluff and yet look at the, the, the cosmetic industry. I mean, this is that billions and billions of dollars, which sort of begs the question, why are we interested in this in the first place? What's happening here? And that there might be an ordered way to, to, to live this. And of course, Our Lady is said to be the most beautiful woman in the world. In fact, every apparitionist has, has said as much. Even St. Therese had an, uh, an apparition of Our Lady, and she said you, you would want to die just so that you could see her again because she's so beautiful. So um, all of these things, I think, about Our Lady, when you start digging in a little bit deeper, you can see sort of these just great mo modeling and great ideas for how it is we ought to live our lives as women and understand ourselves as women. Uh, instead of just understanding ourselves as, um, you know, chasing after what it means to be men. So I'm guessing that since you've sort of had these epiphanies and have studied and have, have come to these conclusions that that your home life just sails along like a movie, huh? Yeah, I don't... <laughs> I'm not sure what kind of movie um, my home life feels like sometimes, but uh, no. I but mean, the point is we're all going to be faced with challenges. We are so. all faced with challenges, absolutely. And um, yeah, I, I mean, there are certainly things that we can do. Have you referred to the book yourself in situations? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, no, I think that there are plenty of disastrous situations that I have found myself in. Um, that certainly are not camera ready or camera worthy <laughs> and uh, that we'd all love to have swept under the carpet. But um, yeah, no, there's there's not ever going to be an ideal situation while we're living here on earth. And, um, it, that, you know, that's certainly to be expected. And of course, we know from the saints, you know, that that's always going to be part and parcel because that's how we become more virtuous. So um, yeah, no, we, we certainly do not have a, a picture perfect home. That's, uh, I can guarantee with five children, that there's there's a lot of things to be um, covered up for sure. Yeah, we're all going to get knocked down, but the key is to get back up, huh? Yeah, absolutely. Not yeah. quit. Don't quit. Keep moving. That was my motto when I had four kids. Five <laughs> and under was just keep moving. So. Yeah, lots of volume in the household. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, especially with boys. So uh, what would your advice be? You know, you've, you, you can speak to the women's perspective on this uh, pretty well. But to, you know, our brothers in Christ out mm -hmm. there um, yeah. who 
do not always do a great job of dealing with you all in the way that you ought to be yeah. uh, treated and dealt with. What right. What would your advice to the men that yeah. might be listening be to how they can help uh, strengthen their families by strengthening their wives? Yeah. No, I think that's a fantastic question because one of the things that feminism has done such a great job of is really silencing men, um, which is be that and as well as the, just the transition that's happened with women has created a lot of resentment and um, there's kind of this this angst that's there below the, the surface that doesn't come out a lot and when it does it's usually resentment and um, so I think it's really important for men to understand that women you know from my generation and on we don't we didn't know any different from what radical feminism has presented us is what it means to be a woman and so um, you know rather than sort of looking at that with anger and resentment, we need to look at it with compassion and say, you know, we don't know, we don't know any better. We haven't been given another path to understand our femininity. And this is what really, obviously, what the church has to offer as well. Um, so I would, of course, say, you know, read my book, The yeah. <laughs> Anti-Mary Exposed, um, because it goes into a lot of this and I think makes sense for couples. Um, but yeah, I, I think that the, the, the big key is just to see, you know, there's been this tremendous brainwashing going on. And a lot of us have the best of intentions, and yet we just have never been given kind of the right, the right pieces to help us get to that point where we're doing things that actually make us happy instead of what the culture is telling us to do. And, and it takes a little fortitude, too, yeah. because, you know, it would be really easy for men especially, you know, when, when this feminist culture lashes out at them yep. to just say, that's it, I'm not going to yeah. have anything to do with that. Yeah, and I think that's happening a lot, actually. I mean, from the, the communications I get from men, you know, privately about this topic, that seems to be the, um, what a lot of them are saying. Like, you, you know, you've said that you need uh, men like a, a fish needs a bicycle. Well, we don't need you, given what you have morphed into. Um, so that's, that's what I've heard from, from different people, and, and I think that's just... In, Obviously, an incredibly sad situation. You know, what we've done is created a culture where we bring the, the worst out of men and the worst out of women. Um, and then we try and say, get married. And, you know, <laughs> what's going to happen when you've got those two dy dynamics going on? And, you know, what we're seeing. Um, so, yeah, I think it takes, a, it, it really takes, obviously, just a certain, a tremendous amount of prayer and faith to really see things the way that God sees things instead of the way that we see them, um, you know, just on a superficial level. Yeah, yeah, very, very true. So how has your first Legata Summit experience been? <laughs> oh, it's been fantastic. You know, you, you know, talking about all the messes, I actually, one of my children got um, poked in the eye and actually can't open up either of his eyes right now. It was, a, you know, game, a pillow fight that, that went bad. And um, <laughs> so, yeah, we, um, we're, we're dealing with that because I've got my kids with me. But um, beyond that, it's, I, you know, it's just a delight to be here and there's snow at our house right now, so we're very excited. There might to... be snow here. <laughs> yeah, well, I was told it hasn't snowed here since 1989, so that'd be actually pretty cool to be here if they, you know, it was a new, um, a new snowstorm and of this the the millennium, really. Um, but yeah, no, it's always fantastic to to um, be with Legatus uh, people and just the energy and the the ideas and all of the networking and and all of that is just. A, an exciting thing to experience. So in the last minute or so we have here, uh, you also have uh, the Theology of Home 2. Mm -hmm. And what does, yeah. how does that build on the original so idea? The original one was really about the home itself. The Theology of Home 2 actually is fantastic because it creates a grammar for people to really understand what womanhood is again. So 
if you want to go deeper into that as a woman and just start, you know, getting back to how do I define womanhood, um, this does it, but with a very gentle hand. And I think with things that are, we commonly understand like gardening. Um, and of course, again, with the beautiful pictures, um, always in, in that book. So, and quickly, how can they find all of your work? Uh, the best place to look is theologyofhome.com or carriegress.com. Awesome. Thanks so much for being so gracious with your time. Oh, thank you. It's my pleasure. Dr. Carrie Gress here at the 2022 Legatus Summit in beautiful Amelia Island, Florida on EWTN's Open Line Friday. This is Open Line on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Once again, we're at the 2022 Legata Summit in beautiful Amelia Island, Florida. I'm sitting up a little straighter now because we're joined by our Chairman and Chief Executive Officer, Mr. Michael Warsaw, has been gracious enough to uh, to grant us some time. And uh, you're here primarily because you are a Legatus member. That's right. That's right. Yes. Uh, my wife, Jackie, and I have been members for uh, many, many years now. We actually were uh, uh, members at large for a number of years, founding members of the Birmingham chapter and uh, now charter members of the Washington, D.C. chapter. So it's been an important part of our, our faith life uh, for, for a number of years now. Yeah. And uh, we had uh, someone who uh, is watching on YouTube uh, typed in and wanted to know what the word legatus means, and it's the Latin word for ambassador. And if you check out the encore of EWTN's open line at 10 p.m. Eastern tonight, Stephen Henley explained that a little bit uh, earlier in the program, if you missed the very beginning of uh, the, the program. Um, talk about, from your perspective, uh, a little bit as uh, you know, someone who runs a large company, it is granted a Catholic company. Uh, but it, it is a Catholic company that exists in a very secular society. And talk about the importance of the work that Legatus does in strengthening people to try to operate their businesses in such, in such a way as to, you know, strengthen our culture, which is anyone would have to admit is in a certain amount of decay. Sure. Ab- no, absolutely. I think, um, and particularly for business owners and business leaders, you know, I think, uh, faithful Catholic business owners and, and business leaders, I think, find themselves sort of under attack, as in some ways we all do in this in this moment. Um, but it's very, very difficult, particularly uh, in public companies and particularly in uh, large uh, corporate entities. Um, the cancel culture is, is really, you know, at work hard and heavy to try to silence faithful Catholic voices and, and voices of, of morality and, and, you know, common standards and decency in our world. And um, so I think one of the things that Legatus does for its members is to be able to, uh, as, its, as its motto uh, says, you know, to, uh, to study, uh, to live, and to spread the faith. And so I think one of the things that Legatus does is to, is to support business leaders um, uh, in, in their faith life and in their faith journey. Um, but it also provides a, a community, you know, for uh, leaders of, of businesses and organizations uh, to come together and, and really to, to share the challenges and share the struggles that they face in trying to lead an organization um, in this particularly challenging moment. Um, you know, I'm, I'm very blessed, as we are at EWTN, that we are a Catholic organization. Um, we're an entity that uh, lives and, and proclaims proudly and says that we're Catholic uh, in everything we do and every day. Um, our business practices and policies 
uh, across what has become a very, very large organization, are thoroughly Catholic and, and imbued with Catholic values and Catholic social teaching. That's, that's not the case for so many uh, organizations, so many uh, businesses and so many business leaders. And very often um, I find that uh, some of my fellow Legatus members and, and friends and colleagues will, will come to me and, and ask me for you know, advice on how to navigate a certain circumstance. Or particularly, for example, a few years ago when we were going through the lawsuit against the Obama administration's uh, health and human services contraceptive mandate, um, that was a frequent topic of conversation among, among uh, some of the Legatus members. And, and I was you know, trying to share some of the, the wisdom and experience that we had in the uh, and, and they were wonderful, too, and supportive of me and supportive of the network in terms of the, the, the difficulties and the struggles that we had and the stresses of, you know, taking on the federal government and suing the president. You know, it's, it's, uh, that's a tough place to be. But um, there are many, many in this culture, there are many, many moments in the life of a, of a business executive, a business owner, someone who's, who's operating large organizations, um, where you're up against the culture and you're up against some pretty difficult questions and difficult decisions, and uh, it, it's good to have an organization like Legatus that uh, is thoroughly and truly faithfully Catholic uh, to help support us and, and to help support people in those moments. You know, and, and we, you and I find ourselves in a situation where we, we do have the privilege of working for, you know, a, 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 a faithfully Catholic organization which comes with its own attacks living in the culture that we live in. But some of these people I admire so much because, you know, they may not have the attacks on the organization that we have, but they have to fight the battles within their own organization Correct. Mm-hmm. That, where there are ideals and values that maybe fly contrary to their Catholic beliefs. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And, and to, you know, f- walk that fine line between, um, you know, uh, being faithful and true to their beliefs as a as a business owner and and as a faithful Catholic and and uh, the pressures of you know diverse workforces and and people who you know uh, are not are not committed to that same vision of of you know a business environment and so you know there's an old strategy in in business that um, you know uh, culture eats strategy for lunch you know so you can have a wonderful business strategy but the culture of the organization is what really depends or determines whether you're going to be successful or not whether you're going to succeed or not and so um, you know I, I think uh, one of the things that's been great and, and very edifying to see among Legatus members is how much they really strive to create a Catholic culture and a, and a Christian environment and culture within their their companies within their organizations um, and you know that's that's a great thing to see that, and and it's uh, it's it's very uh, edifying to me to see people in that in that position. Coming to you live from the 2022 Legatus Summit in Amelia Island, Florida, talking to uh, EWTN Chairman and Chief Executive Officer Michael Warsaw. Uh, you know we're hopefully coming out on the backside of the pandemic. It's wonderful to see a sold out event here uh, where people are really engaging with one another. Um, but it's been a struggle for just about everybody, and EWTN has not been exempt from that struggle at all. And uh, you've had some unique challenges that you've had to deal with. Um, talk a little bit about what it's been like to kind of navigate these waters from uh, from the 
bridge of the SSEWTN. <laughs> well, you know, um, I, I like to say, use a little Dickens quote that, uh, you know, the pandemic has been for EWTN, you know, the best of times and the worst of times, um, really all at the same time. So, like most other organizations, um, you know, we've had to deal with, you know, lockdowns. We've had to deal with uh, people who, you know, contracted the COVID and, uh, you know, how do you adjust? How do you take an organization of, you know, nearly 500 people and uh, overnight almost, you know, turn that into something that's a remote workforce, uh, but yet still able to produce all the content, produce all the shows and television and radio and across all of our platforms and, and really to, to keep going. So, um, so there were a lot of challenges in that, in that way, but, um, the blessings of the past, you know, 18 months or two years, whatever we're in now in terms of the pandemic, have just been enormous. And, and to be able to see the impact uh, of the efforts of all of our EWTN employee family across every platform, across all things that we do, um, and, and what an impact that's made in the lives of our, of our EWTN family globally has just really been amazing. And it's been a real blessing because... Um, while it's been challenging, um, you know, we continued to grow. We continued to expand and do new programs and new services. We never, um, throughout the pandemic, cut back on anything. Uh, we continued our live shows, you know, using remote technology and in some cases, you know, show hosts sitting in their guest room in front of a monitor on television to, to do a, a, what had been an in-studio show, being very, very creative. And I think that was all um, just a testament to how creative and great our EWTN employee family is around the world. And uh, as a result of that, you know, we've seen throughout this period, you know, more people than ever in our history have turned to EWTN. And, and you know, when, sadly, churches were closed and and uh you know when when in some cases the church uh acquiesced to being closed um you know it, it was it was a it was EWTN that that remained there for people and EWTN were so many people around the world literally um turned when they couldn't be with their local church communities and local parishes so uh in that sense it's been a it's been a real blessing but uh, you know, obviously, we're all very, very tired of of living in in the time of a pandemic, and I think we're all anxious to get back and and to have some sense of normalcy, to be able to go back to our parishes and be fully engaged in our parishes, which thankfully we are, for the most part at this point. But um, it's great to be able to come to an event such as this Legata Summit and and be able again to interact with people in a way that we haven't been able to do for some time. You know, I think we all got a very uh sobering and refreshing at the same time uh, reminder of just how much EWTN means to so many people. And one of the things that's really touched me is that the number of people that we've heard from who used to be regular consumers of EWTN and hadn't been for a while and now have come back. Yes, yeah, that's a common thing that, you know, people who would write in or tell us that, uh, you know, I, I hadn't uh, I hadn't tuned in to EWTN or I hadn't, you know, uh, watched EWTN, uh, you know, in, in, in quite a while. And, um, it's amazing. Thank you for being there. Thank you for helping me through this. And, you know, and I think the, the feedback we also got was that, you know, the, the pandemic, particularly in those early months of the pandemic, um, there was a great deal of anxiety and enormous amount of fear, 
uh, people really, really were frightened. And I think uh, one of the great things that EWTN was able to do was really to carry out our mission and to remind people that, you know, uh, God doesn't abandon his people, that, that the Lord was there. Uh, even in these dark times, and uh, and I think the feedback we saw was, you know, that that EWTN provided people with hope, and it provided people with that connection to our Lord and the connection to their faith um, in in those dark times. Talking to EWTN Chairman and Chief Executive Officer Michael Warsaw at the 2022 Legata Summit, um, there are a lot of people that are probably listening to us now that. To a large degree, their impression of EWTN is the Mass and Mother Angelica Live. Mm-hmm. So d- give us a little uh, overview of, quite frankly, how big we've become and, 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 sure. and the sure. ventures that we are now involved in to spread the gospel. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, as we say uh, very often, uh, you know, EWTN is everywhere, and that is, that is literal. Um, you know, our television services uh, are in 149 countries around the world. Um, our digital services, all of our, you know, other media services, you know, reach nearly every country on, on the planet. Um, there's some presence of EWTN literally everywhere on the globe. Um, in terms of television, we, we have, you know, not just the one uh, U.S. television channel that we had when I first joined uh, EWTN 30, almost 32 years ago. Uh, today we have 11 global networks that we transmit. Uh, plus uh, numerous, numerous regional affiliates that are doing channels in languages like Ukrainian and Polish, Hungarian, Romanian, Norwegian, Swedish, you know, uh, and that list goes on. Not to mention, of course, the enormous growth of radio globally and and uh, uh, the enormous growth of our, our web platforms and digital platforms, our news services, which are really the, the largest uh, providers of Catholic news and information on the planet. Um, publishing as well, uh, you know, and that's all uh, done by a team of, you know, just amazing folks, almost 500 here in the U.S. and another 150 or so outside the U.S. who are all part of the EWTN employee family. So, um, you know, it's a far cry from uh, Mother and the Nuns and some sheep and goats yeah. <laughs> uh, in, in Irondale. And uh, yet, I think the thing that's beautiful about it is that after 40 years, um, while the size and scope and scale and reach of EWTN has transformed exponentially, our mission and our mission statement, that core of our, our mission to advance the truth as defined by the magisterium of the church, it remains unchanged. And uh, that, is, that is at the heart uh, and the forefront of everything that we do. You know, the church is a lot bigger than some people uh, would like to think, and it's a lot smaller than other people would like to think. And we always have to walk that line. Uh, so talk a little bit about, uh, you know, and I'm sure events like this, your own personal spirituality and prayer life, uh, play a big role in navigating those seas in the culture, not just domestically, but internationally that we find ourselves. A- absolutely. I mean, you can't, um, you can't be in this role. You can't uh, be involved in an apostolate, really, if, you know, your own prayer life is not strong, if you're not, you know, tied into the sacraments. Um you know, and if you're not if you're not um, living living your Catholic faith, um, it, it's uh, you know it's more you're you're, you're involved in and, and working in a in a large organization and you're you're managing a large uh, entity, but um, you know it's it's an apostolate. It's not it's not a corporation. It's not a 
you know, a, a, a company. It's, it's an apostolate. It's a mission that um, has an impact on people's lives uh, and has for 40 years. And so, um, yeah, so I think, you know, for me personally, it's, it's certainly important to be able to uh, be a part of a group like Legatus or, or others that, that I participate in that, that really kind of reinforce that and, and provide that spiritual nourishment and spiritual support. Talking to Michael Warsaw, the Chief Executive Officer and Chairman of the Board at EWTN um, from the Legatus Summit 2022 in Amelia Island, Florida. Um, what does the future look like for the network? Are there any major announcements that we can break on open line from, <laughs> from Michael Warsaw or things that, uh, that uh, you know, our uh, viewers and listeners can look forward to? I know there's a big technical project that we've been working on that's nearing completion. Right. No, we've, we have, uh, again, uh, while the pandemic was raging, we were continuing to, you know, improve and, and work on things. Um, certainly we are wrapping up a, a full, you know, high definition digital conversion of all of our television facilities. That'll be something that, uh, people will see, uh, you know, an impact from, uh, you know, before too much longer here. Um, you know, I, I think across the boards, whether whether it's uh, in the programming arena with you know so many new new films and and new projects that we have in in production, docudramas and documentaries, and um, just so many more creative programs. Uh, you know, our team is hard at work to to get those uh, finished and get them get them on the air and and get them on the air globally. Um, you know, certainly. Um, you know, we just came out of, of course, coverage of the March for Life and the Walk for Life and One Life LA and, and this, you know, profoundly important um, series of events over, you know, last week, um, you know, which we all hope uh, is is perhaps uh, the last uh, the last of uh, those events under a Roe v. Wade uh, America. And uh, so, you know, that's something we're looking at is what is the Dobbs case outcome in June? What does that mean? What does that look like that uh, while we pray for the right outcome from the Supreme Court, uh, we have to be prepared for any outcome and what that means in terms of the pro-life movement here in the United States and, and abroad. And we'll, we'll certainly be uh, looking at that. On the news front, we have a, an exciting uh, new project, uh, a new news service that will be launched uh, on uh, the uh, 25th of March, the feast day of the Annunciation, Mother Angelica's name day, actually, in religious life. Um, and that'll be uh, our first uh, Arabic language service, uh, ACI MENA, Middle East, North Africa. That'll be an Arabic language service based out of uh, Erbil, Iraq, with uh, reporting from throughout the region. And, and it's something that's really important in that, um, you know, there's not a lot there for the support of uh, the Christian communities in terms of information and, and news reporting, uh, the Christian communities in the Middle East and the Arab-speaking world. And so uh, I'm very, very excited about the launch of that project coming up and lots of other things that, uh, you know, folks will just have to stay tuned and tune in and keep an eye out for in the future. Yeah, be sure to. And one thing you can keep an eye out for is uh, the Fathers of Mercy Hour that appears on EWTN Radio every Sunday morning at 4 a.m. Eastern Time uh, right here on EWTN Radio. Um, you know, something I wanted, I wanted to, to hear your, your comments on and something to make some of our listeners aware of even is that as bad as we think things are from a Catholic perspective in the United States these days, there are places in the world that are physically hostile to the faith. And we have 
uh, people that work for EWTN, mm-hmm. uh, some of our marketing people, some other people that literally put themselves in harm's way to get the gospel out. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, some of the most humbling uh, moments I can remember during my years at, at the network were you know, meetings with um, whether they're our own, our own uh, employee family members or others that we're partnering with in parts of the world where uh, their lives are literally on the line. And, and uh, we recently did a project in uh, a part of Asia um, and uh, it was significant. It had a significant impact for the for the church, but um, you know the, the folks involved in that project on the ground were were literally at risk of their lives. Um, you know, literally at risk of being imprisoned uh, for the work that they were doing. Um, and we see that in so many areas around the around the world. Um, whether it's you know some of our uh, colleagues who work in in Africa, for example, in in very difficult circumstances, uh, or uh, India, uh, where there's so much persecution of of Christians and particularly Catholics, uh, and the Middle East. Um, you know, we've had a, a pretty strong presence and and trying to report on the plight of Christians in the Middle East throughout the years, uh, and uh, you know, all of these areas are are really. Um, just very, very hostile, uh, and so uh, it's it's really amazing and and just uh, you know humbling to see the commitment of our EWTN employee family in those in those places, as well as uh, our partners and people that we work with there. You know, and it's interesting because when you some of the places that you mentioned, India comes to mind immediately. The Philippines, there are places where. Uh, you know, hostility and and physical violence is threatened and perpetrated upon believers in some places. And uh, EWTN has maintained a voice in those locations, and you see the fruit of it. Absolutely. I mean, we are a missionary nation to priests from India. Absolutely. I mean, they're in every diocese, and I think the network has had a role to play in that. Oh, I, th- I think absolutely. I think I think it absolutely has, and. Uh, you know, I've, I'm, I'm blessed uh, to serve in a number of different areas, a number of different ways. Um, you know, outside the U.S., I'm, I'm uh, in contact with a lot of people. And, um, you know, it, it's just amazing to, to see through their eyes, you know, the, the impact of EWTN and what it's, what it's meant in many, many places, uh, far from uh, Irondale, Alabama, where Mother Angelica began. <laughs> um, so in the, in the last few minutes here that we have, I would be remiss if I didn't... Uh, touch on a very important topic, um, and that would be the birth of the first Warsaw grandchild. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And unfortunately, uh, on radio, with the exception of our YouTube and Facebook live feed, we cannot uh, make the the television debut uh, of of Miss Charlotte, but but your your son... Michael, yes, uh, yes, uh, yeah. a proud uh, John Carroll Catholic High School alumnus, graduated a year after my son from John Carroll, exactly. and uh, he and his lovely wife Sydney, also an alumnus, uh, have uh, given you probably one of the greatest joys of your life to this point. Absolutely, absolutely. No, we're we are thoroughly uh, enjoying being grandparents, and uh, Charlotte Marie is just absolutely beautiful, and uh, you know it makes me happy. Uh, my son had a great. Uh, opportunity when he was very young to know mother and to, he has wonderful memories of you know mother angelica and her uh, you know taking him by the hand and leading him through the new monastery construction when he was you know four years old and all so um 
so you know I couldn't help when when Charlotte was born of of thinking about mother and how happy she would be and and uh, yeah it's been a it's been a great experience we're 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 thoroughly excited about uh, about it and uh, I'm of course the obnoxious grandfather who's got to show photos to everybody at every opportunity so. Well, you've you've got some good material to work with, that's for sure. And with and 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 Saint Michael the Archangel and Angelica, she, uh, our foundress, has had a obviously a profound impact on your personal family. Absolutely, no. Uh, I mean, mother was, um, you know, not just someone that I worked for, uh, but you know, was really, um, yeah, like like a mother to me and to our whole family. And she was an important part of our when she had that relationship family. with a lot of employees, not you just. Know. Not just you, right? Yeah, and and uh, yeah, it was remarkable. I mean, I, I was really blessed to be able to uh, those last ten years of her life, her active time. Um, you know, I was able to really be with her every day, and and uh, you know, spend spend so much time with her, and and uh, those moments when we as a family could be with her, and um, you know, we're just we're just very very special. And your lovely wife Jackie, uh, doctor or. or is it Dean Doctor or Doctor Dean or how does that work? Uh, so she's Dean uh, Dean Leary Warsaw. She's the, of yeah. course the the dean of the School of Music, Drama, and Art at Catholic University of America, and uh, of course known to EWTN audiences as the host for twenty five years, I think yeah. now of of the EWTN in concert series, yeah. and uh, so uh, and you know of course has appeared uh, with your wife on uh, on her program and yep. uh, yeah. a number of other other areas. So yeah, we're very very blessed. Well, Michael, thank you so much for uh, taking a few minutes out of your time to join us here. I know that there's 550 people in attendance, uh, all of the Legata staff, and I think probably about 430 of them want a piece of you at some point during the weekend. <laughs> so uh, to get a whole half hour unabated with you, we're, uh, we're abundantly grateful for that. Thank you. Thanks, Jack. Thank God you. Bless you. So uh, that's Michael Warsaw, the chairman and chief executive officer of EWTN, taking some time with us here at the Legata Summit 2022. And this should be an inspiration to all of you. Uh, you know, we are grateful for your support and, and for your uh, consumption, for lack of a better term, of, uh, of EWTN uh, programming. You know, and I can tell you that, and I know that, that, that Michael would echo this with me, that um, it's really a labor of love for everybody who's involved in it. Um, you know, we have a, a portion of our staff that's not even Catholic that would do just about anything to share Mother's mission. She's the the personality that launched all of this, and she'll be the personality that continues uh, its growth and everything that it becomes anywhere down the road. So thanks for tuning in to this uh, very special uh, live edition of EWTN's Open Line Friday. Uh, our Vice President of Theology, Colin Donovan, off of Mothballs. We'll have him back in the studio next week, uh, and he'll be ready to go. Have a great weekend until we get together next time. God bless. God bless.